Welcome to the Startup Fashion Week Front Row Podcast, where we give listeners exclusive content inside the crazy world of fashion. My name is Jody Goodfellow, founder and producer of Startup Fashion Week, and today we have a guest from Toronto who is determined to help the fashion industry here in Canada improve. We are talking to Claudia, a fashion enthusiast professor at Sheridan and Humber College, marketing consultant, and the regional director of FGI Toronto. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, Obviously, we know each other. We've seen each other at lots of different events before, and, um, you know, we've been able to work together in different capacities. So I'm really excited Mm -hmm. to interview you and to dive a little bit deeper and find out a little bit more about you and what you're doing for the industry, because I know you're always working hard. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So um, tell us, I guess, um, what your pathway was like into into the world of fashion here in in Toronto, Um, because I know sometimes people like myself kind of came through the side door, didn't really expect to be in this position or in this industry. So I'm always curious to hear about people's journeys. So how did you get involved in the world of fashion? And it's, it's funny because you and I have a very similar background. So mine was very unconventional. I actually started out as a math teacher. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved fashion when I was in high school. That was like my true passion. But you know, back in the day, there wasn't a lot of opportunities like there is today. Yeah. And so um, my parents being, you know, very European traditional, were like, find something that's a little more, you know, structured, that would be something a little bit more that you can count on. And so I loved teaching, I loved mathematics, I was really strong in math and sciences. So I actually started out as a math teacher. And um, then from there, I ended up um, getting an opportunity to work for the National Basketball Association as uh, a marketer for um, their industry. So it was doing marketing media and events. And I ended up staying with the NBA for nine years. It was at the time 2019s and I was traveling all over the world with all the NBA uh, teams. And then from there I went into broadcasting and I worked at Chum Television and City TV for about four years. And then from broadcasting, I went into (laughs) publishing, which where Flair came in. So when I started working for Flair magazine, that's where my passion, I kind of did a full 360 because that's where my passion of the fashion um, kicked right back in. And I just loved it. I loved going to the shows, seeing all the new collections, really seeing the detail to a lot of these designers and their workmanship. And it just ignited that passion again in me. So I, it's funny because when I, sometimes I go and I talk to people about my career path to say like where you start isn't necessarily where you end up. And so yeah. I call it from fractions to fashion because that's really <laughs> a transition of where I've been. Yeah, so, but it's been amazing. Like I feel like this is where I belong and this is where I was meant to be. Yeah, that's amazing. So yeah, it sounds like you've had a really diverse background. You've had an opportunity to work in events. You've done marketing. Um, you've worked even in publication and media and that sort of thing, which is pretty exciting. And all of those things are so intertwined in the fashion industry as yeah, well. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so working with Flair magazine, that's actually um, pretty cool. And I'm curious, like, what exactly did you do there? Like while you were at Flair, what was your role? Yeah, so I was an account manager at Flair Magazine. So my responsibility was really, I had a whole list of clients that I was responsible for. 
and it was really coming up with ideas in the magazine. So we would work really closely with editorial and we would, you know, come up with great ideas of, you know, how to be able to integrate that brand into that, into the publication. So sometimes it would be like, you know, for example, if we had Revlon, it would be red carpet looks brought to you by Revlon or, you know, how to get, get great summer hair brought to you by OGX. So I would come up with all these great ideas and pitch them to editorial. And then we would create these wonderful editorial pages for a lot of my clients and uh, do beautiful gatefolds and you know really um, interesting advertorials uh, for our readers. So um, I did that, I absolutely loved it, it was great. I went to every single Fashion Week show and um, was able to be able to kind of take that knowledge and experience back and integrate it with a lot of the clients that I had. Yeah, that's cool and I'm sure you discovered a lot of interesting Canadian brands as well, right? Yeah. Doing that job, well, that would be really interesting. And I'm sure, yeah, you definitely were able to see shows. You were able to actually learn about different companies or different brands or different designers. Um, yeah. And, and, actually, and I actually did a program that won gold at the Media Innovation Award. And what it was, was we did something, you may have remembered it. Um, we did something with Barbie. And oh, fun. I love Barbie. Who doesn't I know, Barbie? right? <laughs> so Mattel was doing this big thing where they were, they were trying to launch Barbie as like a fashion icon. Okay. And so they really wanted to do something really unique. So uh, we had pitched the business and my idea was, wouldn't it be cool to do all the different, cause you know, Barbies, have, uh, all the Barbies are different diversities and ethnicities and such. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to do like a Vanity Fair type of spread that they do usually with the Oscars and the Academy Awards, but with Barbies. So I came up with this okay. whole idea and then we worked actually with the Toronto Fashion Incubator cause they were celebrating their, I think 25th uh, year anniversary. And um, so we ended up, doing this big, huge program where we did the Vanity Flares, um, Vanity Fair's kind of style spread in the Flare magazine. We did a live fashion show with the Toronto Fashion Incubator, which used 25 up and coming designers that actually designed a dress for Barbie and actually designed a real dress for celebrities. Yeah, it was awesome. It was so cool to see an idea come from concept to life. And it actually ended up winning the Medium Innovation uh, Award for Gold for that. So that, that was is so cool. one of my favorite programs that I did there, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that sounds exciting. Um, you know, you're speaking my language, that's for sure. <laughs> who didn't grow up with Barbie and I know, you know, right? fantasizing about that lifestyle, right? And yeah. having the wardrobe and the fancy cars and everything else that it Barbie so has. Cool. Yeah. That is amazing. Good. That's yeah. really cool. Um, so I'm curious, I know we both work with a lot of designers locally here in Toronto and um, considering that you have experience working um, with media publications, I do hear all the time a lot of frustrations from designers um, about how difficult it is to actually get press from even mm. from our local you know, publications. So right. what advice would you maybe have in order um, you know, to give designers or, you know, new startups or new brands, um, how can they approach media? How can they actually acquire press? Um, what, what kind of insider details do you have? I'll be honest with you. And I, and I say this to a lot of my clients, cause you know, I do marketing consulting for a lot of them and I, it really is about connections. I'll be yeah. honest, it's about connections. It's establishing relationships with the media. It's um, going out there and introducing yourself and you may have to do it like, like, multiple times. It's not going to be just a one-time phone call to whatever, you know, Flair, Elle, Fashion, whoever, um, and be in the kit and being able to say, you know, I'd love for you to feature my brand. It's, it's continuously building that relationship with the journalists and the media. And I think once you start building that relationship and there becomes like a little bit of a back and forth, I call it the dance, 
you know, okay. there's a little yeah. bit of conversation back and forth and you start to know each other and they feel comfortable with you and such. I think that's where they start now taking the initiative to cover you. And I think once you get them to cover your show or cover your, um, your fashion line, they then when something new comes, hey, I got a new launch, I'm launching my new collection, then because they've already, you've already established that relationship and that rapport with that journalist or that media outlet, they'll be willing to uh, pick up you know, your new collection or, or, you know, your new announcement a lot quicker, but it's, it's really about establishing relationships and it takes time. Like I tell people it doesn't happen overnight, yeah. but um, it's really all about building those connections and establishing those relationships in the media. And once you do that, it becomes a hell of a lot easier. And yeah, once absolutely. you do it with a few and you have those kind of credentials, you know, that street credit, then others will then follow. Yeah. And how do you think like, people can actually approach trying to build relationships with media because for the, for a lot of people I know that they're so overwhelmed by you know doing all their you know daily tasks just for their own business and, and everything else and when taking on their own PR it's it's sometimes a very new experience for them so they don't really know how to build relationships um, with media so do you have any suggestions for for building relationships well, you know what? I mean, it depends on how you can do it. So, you know, some clients, if you have a budget and you can afford a PR agency, I always yeah. say that's, that's a great way to do it because if you don't have that background experience or knowledge, give it to someone who does. And Absolutely. someone who already has built those connections and already has that database of, of media outlets and journalists and such that they can do that work for you. And you can concentrate on, on being on the creative side yeah. and doing what you do best on running your business and having the experts in the PR industry be able to do that. And again, that's only if you can afford it. If you can't afford it, it's really just about the hustle. And that's you yeah. really, um, you know, doing the cold calling and, and reaching out and being able to, you know, look up all the different types of um, ed editors and journalists and media outlets. And that's an easy Google search that can be done through Twitter, that can be done through Instagram. And just being able to reach out to all of them and let them know about who you are, you know, what you represent, give them some images and examples because they love that. It makes it a lot easier. Um, but being able to do that on a consistent basis. And, you know, it's funny because I have obviously have a lot of contacts in the media industry and with journalists and they sometimes they say to me, you know, Claudia, it may take like, you know, eight or 10 uh, outreach from someone before I actually will follow up with them because I have so much on my plate and I'm, I get anywhere between, you know, 40 to 80, um, Pitches you know, today. Yeah. That, you know, just being able to, to finally get through that one takes a bit of time, but they say that if the name keeps popping up a lot, then yeah. they, that gives them more incentive to take a look like, Oh, I keep seeing this email from the same person over and over again. So it does do that. The other thing too, is um, I tell people have a really good introductory line. So something that's really innovative. So not just, you know, Claudia's new collection, make it really innovative. Like, you know, something that stops traffic that makes them kind of look and go, oh, what's this all about? So, you know, sometimes a lot of these media outlets and journalists, they just look at the subject title and if Absolutely. the subject title catches their interest, that alone will get them to read the email. So, yeah, they, so, so yeah. they need a hook, right? Something they that will hook them hook, in? A strong hook. Yeah. yeah. And again, sending, sending them images and visuals is really helpful because sometimes you can describe your product, but it's hard for the person on the other end to be able to, to translate that in a visual form. So always nice to show some images as well. But yeah, I mean, like I said, ideally if you can afford to do, have someone do it for you, you know, leave that to the experts. Um, but if you can't, 
then it's just a matter of, you know, you doing your due diligence and homework of looking up all the retail outlets and then just persevering and, and continuously doing it. You don't ever want to look like you're hounding them. Yeah. Or being too aggressive. Like, yeah, there's definitely a line, right? Like you don't yeah. want to cross that line. Yeah. No, it's sure. not. And, and you know what, if you send an email, let's say on Monday, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing a follow-up on a Friday and maybe even doing another follow-up the week after. But if you're doing, you know, send out an email Monday, follow-up on Tuesday, follow-up on Wednesday, after a while, they're just going to be like shut down. So you have yeah. to also be mindful that they're incredibly busy as well. Yeah, so absolutely. Being able to time it. But that's, that would be my recommendation. Yeah, that's all really, really great advice. Um, I also agree and I share a lot of that similar um, advice with designers that um, we work with at Startup Fashion Week as well. And I think that you are spot on when you say building relationships is key um, you, because you always need relationships in business. You're never going to not need those relationships. So it all starts from the beginning. Whenever you launch your business, you have to really focus on building connections and building networks as yeah. soon as you launch a business or even before you launch it, right? So that you have the right networks. And, um, you know, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a designer, you're constantly building networks and, and having the right networks is really key for sure. Absolutely. And, and you're a great example of that. Cause if you ever go to your shows, like you see the media outlets, like you, you're like a packed house. <laughs> so no, honestly, we try. We try. It, it really shows, it really shows that not only have you established a really great um, outlet of, of media and journalists, but you know, to the point that you're like full house that you, yeah. you, you have to probably even turn people away. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that. definitely. Yeah, we do. It just, yeah. Uh, quite interesting, but yeah, we definitely always have a full media pit. There's no question there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and going back to your experience um, with teaching, you also teach at Humber and Sheridan College, both colleges. Yeah. Um, so is that related to fashion at all, or are you teaching math? <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I actually, so I teach at Humber. I teach for the business school. I teach uh, in fashion. Okay. So I do that. I also teach public relations and I teach marketing. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. those are all like really yeah. great subjects and all very important as well. Really no matter are. what industry really you're in, like you need to, you need to understand business. You need to understand 100%. marketing. You need to understand PR communications, 100%. all that stuff. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's and that's what I tell my students all the time. I'm like, you can have the best product in the world. If you don't know how to market it, if you don't understand the business sense of it and how to run a business, then you're dead in the water because you exactly. can have the most brilliant product but if you don't know how to be able to share that product with the world or market yourself out there so people see it and, and are interested in it and want to buy it, then you're not going anywhere. So you really have to have both sides. It's good to have the creative side, but you also need the, the business side of it as well. And uh, that oh, absolutely. The marketing and public relations, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I hear a lot of people in the industry, in the fashion industry in particular, um, I know I've had a lot of conversations with people who have been to different programs, college and university, um, for fashion, different types of fashion programs that are offered. Um, but I've heard a lot of feedback where students or postgraduates have told me that they don't really feel like they get fully prepared with the right tools to understand how to run their own business in fashion um, as like an independent label. And instead right. there's too much focus on the actual application and 
technical skills behind being a designer. So um, what are your thoughts on that? And what kind of advice would you give to students who are maybe frustrated with not really knowing how to launch their brand after they finish school? Um, what, What would you suggest? Well, you know, I mean, I, I know that certain colleges, like I know Humber, for example, when you're done the fashion program at the business school, you can actually extend that program into a business administrative program. So, oh, you can, cool. yeah, so you can actually transfer then to the business side and be able to extend it. And I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's a year, it might be two year program, but I think it's only a year, but it, it gives them that business background. So they do offer that at certain colleges. I don't know if Sheridan that. does that, but I know for sure that Humber does. And yeah. you do the downtown campus, the Lakeshore campus, and that provides the business core of it. So I think that's really important. And, and that's what I would honestly say, if you're in the program, like the, for example, uh, when I teach the fashion program, I teach uh, the history of fashion. I teach uh, apparel and accessory knowledge. So I really teach the, the kind of um, the meat and bones of, of, you know, how buttons and stitching and, and different types of things. So it's really very technical. So, you know, which is, which is important because if you're going to go into the fashion industry, you need to know the terminology, you need to understand the history. There's a lot of aspects of that, that you need to learn, but you're right. If, if you want to go and start your own business, then I would strongly recommend um, when you're done that program, find a program that does the business side of how to be able to run a business. And I think that's so important because you can try learning it on your own, but <laughs> I find, yeah, I find it's way more of a struggle than really being able to take a course that understands like, you know, overhead costs of running a business and being able to know how to, you know, do the financials every month and what your cost is and things like that. And even just importing overseas and understanding that. So it, it teaches you all of that knowledge that I think is really, really important in terms of that. Even things like identifying your brand, like what's your logo going to look like? What colors, you know, who's your target audience? Really getting down to um, more of the business side of it so that you are able to launch your product successfully. Yeah, I think that's all really good advice. And I find um, that a lot of people that I come across and that I end up working with, a lot of designers, um, oddly enough, it seems as though many of them actually get into the industry of fashion without going to school for fashion. And um, they actually are doing like a career switch. And so they don't really have the tools, um, but they have this idea in their mind, this passion And they, you know, they want to make that switch happen, but they don't take a pause. They don't take a pause to actually learn, like, what does it mean to own a business? What does it mean, you know, to launch this idea and, you know, go with it. But they just kind of start and then they try to figure everything out as they go, which is really difficult, as you know. (laughs) It's challenging. And you know what, like, I mean, let's be honest here. Our, Our fashion industry is challenging enough as is. So you really, I mean, the more that you can educate yourself and provide yourself with the right tools, the resources, the network, if you can provide all that um, in advance and be prepared in advance, you're going to have a better chance of success than just throwing yourself out there and learning as you go, because that takes a lot of time and there's a lot of frustration, especially um, our industry, which is very cutthroat. You know, it's for you to survive, you have to either have a good solid backing to be able to do that, or you really have to make sure you know you're doing it at a really good pace that you're learning, but you're also you know taking your time and not going out too quick. And uh, look, I'll give you a great example. I have a a, a really great friend of mine who um, started a sneaker line, and 
he's, you know, he's, I think his process has been a three to four year process getting himself out there. Oh, wow. He's now starting to see tremendous success over the last year where his sneakers are being, you know, being given to Mark Anthony and all these, you know, celebrities and such. And so he's really now making waves, but it wasn't that, you know, he got into the industry and boom, within the first year, (laughs) it was a slow process and he paced himself to make sure that every single thing that he did, there was a strategy behind it. There was an objective. So I think that's really important as well. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's um, always important, right, is to have a plan in place. And a lot of people, you know, think that you need to have like a a really structured business plan. Um, You know, I've heard that myself so many times where everyone says how important it is to have like an actual business plan. But even if you just, if you don't know how to do an actual business plan, um, it's important to just kind of at least put all of your ideas on paper and try to figure it out um, and even plan ahead. Like what kind of things are you struggling with now? What do you anticipate you might be struggling with later? Um, and where can you resolve those issues? Because Absolutely. if you don't do that, if you don't have a plan, you know, all those issues are just going to overwhelm you, I think. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. So that, yeah, I think that's really important. Um, And, um, you know, of course, I don't know about you, but um, again, like I hear a lot of people in Toronto, at least, um, you know, complaining often about the climate of the industry, about how fractured they feel the fashion industry is here in Toronto and even on a larger scale. Um, What do you think needs to improve and how do you think we can maybe improve it? Well, I mean, you know, it. I think part of the challenge with our industry is because we used to have a lot of government backing, right, towards the industry. So when we had, you know, Fashion Week um, every year, you know, it was supported a lot by the government, which really helped it. So providing funding, you know, you see a lot of places like in Montreal where their government provides funding as as part of that initiative. They consider part of their culture, right? Right. So we struggle a little bit with that. And without that, um, unfortunately, that's why it's a bit of, difficulty for us because we have to look to the private sector to right. find sponsors and partners that are willing to fund these initiatives. So, you know, with that in mind, I think, you know, having said that, we have seen a lot of ups and downs in the industry, absolutely. But I think the beautiful thing about us is that, you know, we're so resilient and no matter what happens and what comes our way, we continue to persevere no matter what. And I think that's the beautiful thing about um, our, you know, Toronto fashion industry, but our Canadian fashion industry as well is yeah. that you know, we never give up. And even when Toronto Fashion Week got canceled, you know, you saw everybody else doing smaller versions of Fashion Weeks and, and being able to showcase um, their collection. When COVID hit, you know, now you saw, for example, um, with Jordan Stewart showing her, her um, collection online and, you know, through New York Fashion Week. And there's, there's always opportunity. And even, you know, when you look at Fashion Arts Toronto, they did it virtually. So, you know, there's always opportunities that no matter what comes our way, what kind of um, you know, resilient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're really resilient. And I think that's really important. And the other thing too, is that people have this notion that we're all very divided. And, right. and I really, I, I disagree with that. I think, you know, the fact that um, we all really support each other. I mean, you know, looking at yourself and you're doing the start of fashion week and I'm, you know, heading fashion group international and I've worked with Susan Langdon with Toronto Fashion Incubator, and I'm on the council for the fashion industry advisory panel with the city of Toronto. And, you know, working with Fashion Arts Toronto, they actually were showcased at our Art of Fashion event in February. We all actually work together. We all support one another. We're all there to lift one another up. And I think that's really, really important at times like this, where 
the industry may be struggling, this is the best time where we all kind of solidify and come together as a unit. For sure. I, I think that's amazing. And that is actually a really good point in terms of your perspective on how everybody's working together. Um, I do agree that in some cases, there are a lot of people that are, you know, definitely supportive of um, other organizations and, you know, supportive of other events and supportive of different things that are happening in the city and even outside the city. Um, I do think that there definitely are people who are trying their best to make a difference, right? Yeah. And certain organizations that definitely are. And of course, you mentioned that you're the regional director of FGI yeah. Toronto. So can you share with our listeners what exactly that organization is all about? Sure. Um, so we have been around, uh, our Toronto division has been around for 63 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. A lot of people don't know oh. that. We've actually been around for 63 years. And we are in seven different countries globally. We have 26 chapters all over the world. And so we are a professional organization that's, you know, our head office is based out of New York City, but we have locations in Seoul. We have locations, obviously, in New York. We have, um, you know, locations in Dominican even. So we're, we're all over the world. And the, the purpose of our um, organization is really to help kind of educate and help collaborate and help our businesses network with one another. So, um, what we do is we reach out to the fashion industry with myself this year heading it. I've really kind of expanded that. So it's fashion, beauty, uh, film, interior design and art. So it's really anyone who kind of touches the fashion industry. Cause if you ever think about, you know, when you see a, a fashion shoot, it's not just about the dress, it's about the dress, it's about the hair, it's about the makeup, it's about the set design. It's, it's about the film, you know, the, the video capture of it. So it's oh, really yeah, for sure. that kind of touches it. Right. And so, um, so basically what we do is we, you apply to be a member of Fashion Group International. You do have to get approved. So it has to go through our New York office first, then it gets okay. approved by our board of directors. And what, if you do get approved in it, um, you have to be a part of the fashion industry or at least fashion and beauty and, and home decor and such within at least a minimum of two years. And um, once you get approved, then really what we do is our goal is to really help educate, elevate and empower our members. So that's really providing them with, you know, industry experts that can give them tips and, and tricks and insights about their business. It's about um, allowing them opportunities to network with one another. You know, even during COVID, we did a, a, a few virtual schmoozes where we had people like, you know, Sylvia Mantella and we had Jeannie Becker and Suzanne Rogers and Christopher Bates and we had David Dixon and, you know, opportunities for people to mingle with them. And it's really to empower them. So to give them the tools, the knowledge, you know, um, any of the insights and such to be able to better their business, how to be able to convert their business into a digital form or how to be able to collaborate with influencers or how to be able to collaborate with other designers in order to kind of bring them to the next level. So that's really what our goal is. And that's what we, we try to do with all of our members. Oh, that's really cool. And so how would somebody, um, you know, if they wanted to launch their own sort of branch in a different city, like how would they go about doing that? So it all has to feed through New York. So New York is kind of our headquarters. And so okay. they have to reach out to New York. They would have to uh, put in a, a formal request. And then New York would obviously have to take that into consideration in terms of, you know, um, the environment and the, the economy there and the fashion industry there. And then based on that, they'll make the decision whether or not it's feasible for them to open up a division there. And then once they do, it's a matter of that person kind of setting up all the protocols and, and putting everything in place. 
Cool. And so anyone can be, actually, no, you were saying that not anyone can be a member. You no. can actually apply and right. um, your app application has to go through the New York headquarters yeah. and everything else. So is there a membership fee? Like how is it structured? Yeah. Like what does yeah. it provide and all yep. that stuff? So we have an, an executive member, which is $145 US, and we have an associate member, which is $70 US. Associate would be someone who has been in the industry for one to two years, and executive would be two plus years. And basically part of the advantages of being a member is that you, you get an opportunity to you know attend any of the sessions, not only just in the Toronto chapter, but all 26 chapters. So if you're traveling, let's say in New York, and there's uh, something happening in New York with a seminar, or they're doing a guest uh, speaking panel, you can actually attend that. So you have access to all of our members. We actually globally have 6,000 members. So oh, wow. you get access to our database, you get access to all of our members, all of the initiatives across all the chapters. And then with us um, locally, there's an opportunity for you to network within our own industry of business professionals. So it's like-minded individuals and entrepreneurs and being able to work with each other, collaborate, be able to learn from one another. And um, it really allows you that opportunity to build your network and build your business. Yeah, that's really cool. And so how many um, members would you say there are in the Toronto chapter? We are close to 200 members um, that we've got and always growing. So, yeah. you know, as more people start to kind of know about who we are and what we do, and, um, you know, we, our numbers tend to, to grow more and more. And with initiatives that we come up with as well, it's all about giving back to the community. So it's not, you know, I call my, my FGI community my family because right. they really are family to me. And, you know, I always believe that we're just not members um, of a community, but we're really family in the sense that we help one another out. And family is always there for each other. So, you know, when someone comes to me and says, do you know someone who does this? I always look within the FGI family and I try to be able to make connections through that way because I obviously want everybody to be able to benefit from it and be able to grow their business. Yeah. So I think it's really important to be able to do. Yeah, for sure. That sounds great. And so of, of course, you know, you just recently um, took on the role as the regional director. Um, yeah. I think that that kind of shifted for you. Um, was it this year, earlier this year? Yeah. 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 And so, of course, obviously, you didn't really get a full chance to I didn't. I know. <laughs> to really like show everyone what your plan was head. and you know unroll this you know new and exciting outlook for FGI. So, what was your vision when you were taking over? You know, I was I was so prepared. You have no idea, Judy. I was so prepared. Um, as soon as I found out that I was going to be elected for regional director um, in January. I had lined up sponsors. We had sponsors. Um, we had eight sponsors, which included like, you know, Mantello Corporation and Rogers. And we had um, NARS. We had Goldwell. We had Whole Renfrew. We had Nogu. We had Pinch Social. We had Elevated Grapes, who did our content and uh, Big Much. So we had all these sponsors lined up, which was phenomenal. And every month I'd actually planned uh, an amazing initiative which we were able to do obviously our first one, which was our networking and annual general meeting. And we did an amazing event in February called the Art of Fashion, where we did a collaboration with artists, um, not just in terms of like paintings and such, but it was artists that do beautiful wearable art as, 
you know, from Fashion Art Toronto, where it was, you know, using recycled materials to be able to create really beautiful gowns and pieces. And um, so it was an amazing event. We actually had record number attendance, which we've never had, and, um, you know, historically. And it was such a great event, then COVID hit. And so yeah. initially what we had planned was in March, we were planning to do a whole Renfrew um, trend event. So that was the next step that was supposed to happen in March that had to obviously get canceled. And then we do our annual mentors dinner, which is our most highly anticipated event of the year, where we take 10 mentors in the industry and we get our members to have a beautiful sit down dinner with the mentor of their choice. And they get to ask them any questions that they want. So, you know, in the past we've had, you know, um, Cheryl Hickey and Sangeeta Patel. We've had Monica Schnarr. We've had, uh, Sylvia Mantella, we've had Michael Kale, we've had George uh, Pimentel, like we've had so many amazing people, Stefan Karras and uh, uh, Kiriakos, and we, so we've had a lot of amazing people, and again, that was supposed to happen in May, so, you know, um, yeah, and, and we did have some other initiatives, such as the pitch, which is uh, an opportunity for entrepreneurs to pitch their fashion line and business, and it could be fashion, jewelry, beauty, but it was, it's almost like a Dragon's Den version of the fashion world. And so they pitch their business and get asked a series of questions. And then based on how good their pitches and their ideas and business plan and such, they would have received $20,000 worth of products and services and, um, and you know monetary pricing. So that was supposed to happen this year as well. So we did have quite a bit of different things uh, planned. I'm hoping right now we've converted a lot into virtual world so yeah. we did uh, FGI connects which was a speaking speaker series that we did every Monday and Friday uh, we did that in, in uh, June and July and then August we took a bit of a break and so this month we're planning to do a guest panel speaker series with industry insiders to talk about things such as how to be able to market your brand in a virtual world um, how to be able to build a brand with sustainability and diversity and inclusion. So we're hoping to be able to touch on some really relevant topics that will help our members as well. Yeah, well, that sounds great. And so what are your thoughts? Like, do you think that, um, I mean, obviously everything is changing and there's so many things yeah. that are uncertain. Um, do you think that FGI will be able to survive beyond the pandemic? I mean, it's hard to say, obviously now we're still going through transition and testing yeah. things out. Um, but what do you think? Like what, oh, it, sounds like, it sounds like you 100%. have some really innovative ideas of how Thank to keep the community connected, right? So yeah. it sounds promising, it does. It sounds very promising. Yeah, and I'm I'm a hundred and fifty percent certain that we will because you know what we do is we really build on the fact of keeping connected with our members and with the community, and I think that is so important and supporting one another, which I think is really critical. So I think if we continue to do that um, by educating people, you know, with different seminars and speaker series, even if it's in a virtual world, um, being able to do it like our virtual schmooze was so much fun. And um, we had people going, when's the next one, you know? So we did the first one and it was a real success. And then the second one, we had actually people, you know, from the fashion industry, designers and such, asking to actually be a part of it. And they were volunteering themselves to, uh, to participate. So, you know, I think if we continue to do that, we're really at the end of the day, we're providing value to our members and to the community. And we're trying to give back as much as we possibly can. So I, I don't feel like that, you know, if this pandemic continues, that it's going to falter what we do. 
Um, obviously, we've, we've had a history of 63 years. I don't think that's ever going to um, die down. And I, th I think, if anything, this has really brought everyone together because I think we all feel like we need to support each other in order for, for the industry to survive. Yeah, absolutely. And so speaking of surviving and pivoting and everything else, um, because FGI is very much based on events and planning interesting events, like you were talking about some of them um, for the community, for the industry. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, fashion weeks? Obviously, you know, this is startup fashion yeah. week. What, what are your thoughts? You've attended a lot of different, you know, events and different fashion weeks um, here in the city. And some have survived and many have not. And right. um, this is just yet again, another another kind of major hurdle that a lot of right. us have to experience and figure out. So what are your thoughts in terms of, you know, fashion weeks or fashion types of events? Like, what do you think we're going to see happen, you know, temporarily and permanently? Yeah, well, I, I don't think permanently. I think they will come back. I really do. I'm a firm believer that, that it will come back to some sort of normalcy in, in the next, you know, little in the next while. I'm hoping sooner than later, obviously. But I think in the time being, it's going to be a virtual world. And I think, you know, um, so, you know, for myself, for example, if, I, if I've never been able to go to Paris Fashion Week or London Fashion Week, I'm watching it online anyway. So I'm, right. I am watching it virtually anyways to uh, so many shows that I can't attend in person. So I think that it's already kind of been there. It's just that now it's going to be more prominent than ever before. And, um, you know, so a lot of the conversations I've had with um, various organizations that are doing their fashion weeks in a virtual world is just really, you know, it's all about engaging with the audience. So how do you engage with the audience? You know, how do you get them to really experience that collection, whether it's zooming up on certain aspects of it, whether it's a behind the scenes, um, whether it's it's doing some type of film afterwards that encompasses the collection. But I think it's really important on how the collection is presented. And if it's presented in a really great way and in a great format and visually pleasing to the viewer, then I, I think people will, will be able to experience that as though they were there. I mean, it's never always going to be like the real thing, but I think you can get pretty close to it based on how well you do in terms of, you know, um, videography and, and such and being able to to capture the elements of it yeah and, uh, yeah for sure and I think that there is definitely you know there's definitely some benefit to doing all of that I think right now the big struggle is finding a way to generate revenue from from going virtual particularly 100%. for designers right because a lot of them struggle with the idea of it because for them doing a fashion week is all about also making sales and not just yeah, creating exactly. awareness right or getting yeah. you know even getting media attention from doing virtual shows is a struggle so um so i think yeah i think what you're saying is true it aligns and um you know for now this is kind of what we are figuring out and and you know we'll work out those issues later on and try to figure them out but um but i do agree i think that we will come back to a place where we're going to see events happening and people will be comfortable and you know um it, it'll definitely be um an active city i think at some point again soon. i agree yeah yeah sure. honestly i really i'm i feel very you know i think it's very promising that things will start to normalize and in the meantime like i know that there are some because um, we did we did have um, some information during one of our FGI connects about you know how to be able to reach out for government grants and funding 
So, uh, you know, again, depending on your business, you may qualify, you may not, but it's an opportunity as well to look into that and be able to do that. And, you know, reaching out to sponsors. And I think, you know, again, it's almost like when you see these social media outlets, you know, that are out there and people are making money off their YouTube or TikToks and such, they're doing it because they're gaining viewers and they're gaining, they're gaining an audience. And I think if you can provide an audience that's a solid audience, that's a targeted audience, then I think sponsors are willing to put money behind that because that's their target audience that they're trying to reach. So I think, again, it, it depends on how good is your product. Is your product good enough and visually pleasing enough that it gets a lot of viewership and audience? And if it does, then that's where the money will then follow, right? Yeah, that's a great point, actually, for sure. And I think it just takes time. And I know a lot of designers, um, you know, I've had that conversation recently with all of the designers that we're working with um, about sponsorship and that it's okay for designers to actually seek sponsorship on their own as well. Um, It's just something that a lot of them have never had to do before or really understand, you know, the, the best way to approach it. But but I yeah. do agree. I think it's just about thinking outside the box, right? I think it it's is. really important. Um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. And, if, you create, um, if you create a great content, whether it's a beautiful film or, or video and such, but if you create something that is beautiful that people love to see and, and share and you start getting that trending, that honestly is, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And I'm curious because you're, you know, regional director for FGI, like, do you think that, you know, we need um, some sort of a national council to keep people connected, um, you know, on a national level, not just here in the city, but more, um, you know, to be able to have like partner, build partnerships and relationships with other people in the industry who are doing really interesting things and important things outside of Toronto outside of even the province do you think that that's necessary or do you think that there's you know a better way that we can maybe keep the industry connected yeah I mean I think I think it's always great when you can find a Canadian initiative that um, would be able to tie everyone together because every province is so different and each government of each province is so different and some fund more than others and such So I think, you know, they're all kind of their own separate entities. If there's a way of being able to unify everyone, I mean, I think CAFA does a great job in terms of unifying the Canadian fashion industry by doing the CAFA awards every year because they're not only celebrating people locally, but they're celebrating, you know, um, artisans and influencers and designers and such all across Canada. So I think that's a great initiative to be able to celebrate um, Canadian talent all across the board. So, you know, just as that is successful, I don't, I, you know, if you were to create an advisory panel or some type of organization that would be Canadian-based, I don't think would definitely wouldn't hurt the industry. But obviously, that would take some time and effort because you know each province has its own kind of separate, um, you know, separate government and, and separate ways of the way that they run and how much they contribute to to that industry. That you know, some will be a little bit more weighted than others. But um, but you know, I think when you do something like you know, what CAFA does, I think it's it's a, a great way of being able to celebrate Canadians as a whole. And I think if we all, like I said, support one another with the initiatives that we do, because um, you even do like the startup fashion week you've done in Montreal. Yeah, so, we do Montreal and Vancouver. And Vancouver. We've also, yeah, yeah, we've done events in Ottawa as well um, years ago. But, um, but we discovered that 
um, you know, I mean, you have to test the market, right? And so for yeah. us, we tested out Ottawa and Montreal, and we realized that Montreal was where we should grow next after Toronto. And then from yeah. there, we decided to experiment in Vancouver. And we were supposed to launch our full event this year, but of course that changed. Um, but yeah, we are the world's only multi-city fashion week, which is pretty cool. And that's something I learned is that every province, like you say, um, it is different and the industry is, is really different um, in, from yeah. province to province and the government and the market is, different. is different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the market is different. The audience is different. Exactly. The audience right? is very different, yes. It is. Like the, the audience in Montreal is a lot different than the audience that you have in Vancouver you know exactly. and so it's, yeah. and that's why you have to adapt it because what sells in Montreal isn't necessarily what sells in Toronto which isn't necessarily what sells in Vancouver Absolutely. right because the environment yeah. is so different the, the society as a whole there is different um, so you know you have to kind of modify things to that to that level but I know it's it's amazing like that's what I'm saying like there's we were very lucky that we have organizations like yourself and, and others that really are on a national level that just doesn't you know looks outside of Toronto and really celebrates um, the incredible talent that we have across Canada which I think is great and you know one of the things that we've done as well with our fashion industry advisory panel is that we also are celebrating not just what's in Toronto we're, we're really celebrating the fashion industry as a whole so we did a whole thing called uh, support um, the fashion you know supported our fashion industry and it's really about people putting names forward of companies and organizations um, that are right now that are tremendously, you know, working really hard to sustain their businesses and build their businesses and grow their businesses and really being able to highlight the story behind their business. So yeah. it's not just about their product, but it's about the story behind it. And, and really so is being that, is that being done through FGI? That's actually being done through the city of Toronto. Okay, so who is involved with that? So we have uh, an industry panel um, that uh, Laura Balzac has created. So she's kind of like the head of that organization, uh, or sorry, that advisory panel. And it's the Fashion Industry Advisory Panel. And it's basically, there's uh, quite a number of members of us. I think I want to say probably more than 12 of us in the group. And we, it's really just... Um, People that are involved in the fashion industry from everything from, you know, a legal perspective to um, being, you know, someone in, from an educational institute, from myself with Fashion Group International, you know, we've got uh, Susan Langdon and, and such. So we've got some really heavy hitter names that are part of this panel and we all kind of contribute our thoughts and ideas and um, opinions on different initiatives. So this initiative actually has come up right now and it's really about supporting Toronto fashion. It's something that we started because obviously it's uh, done through the city of Toronto and it's really celebrating the Canadian, or sorry, the Toronto talent that we have here, but also being able to talk about, you know, the people behind the scenes. So it's not just about the designers, but it could be, you know, where the materials are being manufactured from. It's really talking about the uh, hardworking individuals that are, that are doing the beautiful embroidery and, and beadwork behind the, the product. So it's really celebrating the different aspects of the business, not just the final product. So and so that initiative, sorry, that initiative just started this week and okay. uh, we'll continue. Yeah, so what you're gonna see is over the next couple of weeks, you'll actually see local businesses being highlighted and featured with the story behind them. 
Oh, cool. And so how does someone get involved in that um, advisory panel? So um, it's something that you, you're either asked to do or you can request to be a part of and with this through, through Lori Belzac and then based on, you know, um, what the protocols are and, and how many people they have got on their panel. Um, I, I believe it has to be approved through the city of Toronto and you become a member of, of the panel. So I actually took over for Roger Ginrich, who was the former regional director. So I've kind of taken uh, his place. And, um, but I do believe that if you are interested that you can reach out to Lori Balzac for further information about being cool. a part of it. Okay, yeah. so there you go. Just want to let our listeners know so that if they're interested, they can reach out and find out more information. So that's great. Um, what, um, what Canadian designers do you think we should be looking out for right now? Like who is kind of on your radar in terms of who you're looking, um, you know, looking forward to see what they're going to be working on next? Um, is there anyone in particular that you'd like to um, make a, yeah. That's really tough. <laughs> my favorite child, you know, that's really tough. I think honestly, I think we have really incredible talent overall. Like I am always, I'll tell you honestly, whenever there is a fashion event, I'm like a, a kid at Christmas. I'm just so excited to see what the next collection is, to see what, what their ideas and concepts and vision is. And so I get super excited whenever the fashion week shows come on because to me, it's just um, a moment for me to really be able to see each designer's creativity and and the details and the workmanship behind it. So there isn't like any particular designers that um, that I kind of look forward to. I really look forward to everyone's because I'm a huge supporter of, of all the designers in our industry. And I think it's really important um, to be able to celebrate them all. And, and that's one of the things I've always said is that, you know, Canadians, we tend to be very humble. We tend to not boast um, our collections and our talent as much as, you know, what you may see in the U.S. or internationally. And I think we need to, to brag a little bit more because we have such incredible talent here. And I feel like we really need to kind of show off a little bit more and to talk about it a little bit more and to celebrate our successes a little bit more. So, you know, that's one of the things that I try to do through FGI is that when someone, you know, gets to be showcased on television in a program or, you know, um, when Jordan gets to show her collection at New York Fashion Week, to really be able to feature that and highlight that and celebrate that because that's a big deal. So, or, you know, if a celebrity uh, wears something on the red carpet, to be able to celebrate that because that's a big deal. So really being able to do that, I think, is really important. But, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to celebrate everyone. And the, to me, it's everyone is so diverse and unique just like Canada is. And yeah. um, so it's beautiful to be able to see each person's perspective on their collection. Absolutely. Um, so any last thoughts or news to share with our audience? Where I'm going to do um, a series of fill-in-the-blank questions with you. But before I do okay. that, I just want to see if there's anything else that you want to share with our listeners that maybe you want them to know about or look out for um, or anything, any news that you have to share at all. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm going to mention with our FGI um, event that we've got September 29th, we're doing a guest industry panel. So the guests will be announced, but they're really just um, people that are really relevant in the industry that will be able to provide, you know, some really great insights and information and education um, to be able to help 
not only our members, but also people out in the fashion community that will be virtual. So just, you know, you can follow Fashion Group Toronto, Fashion Group International Toronto, it's FGI Toronto on Instagram, as well as on Facebook, and uh, be able to find out more information as we uh, announce that. And um, really, you know, I tell people all the time, this is probably the best time to be able to network because most people are still homebound and staying at home. And so, you know, if you want to be able to reach out to someone, this is where people have a little bit more time on their hands that they would be able to respond to. So continue to network. And, you know, I know a lot of people are shy and they're like, I don't know how to do it. And, you know, I'm nervous and such. Honestly, you know, take that moment and, and you can build yourself up slowly. You know, do one person that you really look up to um, that you aspire to know or find out information about and reach out to them and say, you know, hey, I'm an up and coming such and such. Would love to be able to have half an hour of your time to do a coffee chat, a virtual coffee chat, and just be able to get that, you know, insight from them because there's so much information, valuable uh, information that are that is out there from so many industry um, you know, experts that I think there's a wealth of knowledge to be gained. And this is the time to gain it because people have that extra time that normally they would be in an office, they would be working on multiple projects that they wouldn't have the time to do. So I think that's really important. The other thing that I would suggest for people trying to get into the industry is find yourself a really good mentor. Because if you find yourself a good mentor, and it could be in any industry, it could be in marketing, it could be in public relations, it could be in fashion design, it could be uh, in the beauty industry, find someone that you look up to that you would love to be a mentor and ask them if they could contribute um, some of their time to be able to help you in terms of giving you industry advice, helping you along the way. Because I was lucky enough to have that. You know, Roger was uh, a wonderful mentor for me and really helped open a lot of doors for me um, getting myself into the industry and really making those connections and building um, my career to where it is now. And it really, if I didn't have him doing all those introductions and inviting me to so many events and um, being able to provide me even the opportunity to be on his board with uh, Fashion Group International, I wouldn't be where I am today. So right. I think it's important to do that as well. Yeah, mentorship is always key and really important. And I agree. I, I think that's amazing. And I think it's also amazing um, to not forget to also give back and to also mentor other people, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, that's amazing. And if anyone needs a mentor or would like to reach out to me, I'm always happy to help. I actually mentor a few people already, which I love doing and always uh, open to adding more. So if there's anything you know that anyone ever needs, feel free to reach out to me by any means and I'm more than happy to help. Awesome, okay, so we're gonna do some fill in the blank um, statements. I'm gonna make a statement and I'm gonna ask you to fill in the blank with an answer, okay? okay. All right. All right. Okay, so the first one that I have for you is, if you could model for any designer, it would be? Chanel. Chanel. I love it. Yeah, I'd probably pick the same as well. <laughs> um, your favorite shoe brand is? Uh, Sophia Webster. Oh, I great. love her shoes. Very cool. Okay. Um, and you know my shoe collection. You know my shoe collection, yes, right? Yes, I've heard all about it. I've definitely heard that you have like one of the best shoe collections in the Thank city. You. How many pairs Thank of you. shoes do you have? Oh, gosh, we've probably hit 400 by now. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. 
They're all in a nice room. Yeah, that's amazing. Room. That's, that's like one pair of shoes that could last you like every day, like a different pair like every day for like a year and a half. That's crazy. Yeah, 100%. That's amazing. Um, okay, so third one is one word to describe Canadian fashion is? Authentic. I love that word. Okay, good. And number four, one or two Canadians outside of Ontario who are making an impact on the Canadian fashion industry are? Oh gosh, um, I love Untitled from Montreal. They're one of my favorites. Um, I think they're fantastic. Number five, the last statement I have for you is the last time that you supported another creative in this industry was when? Oh gosh, you know what? I mean, I'm always supporting them, to be honest <laughs> with you, because it's important to me. Like, listen, I, I, I've always said that we rise, we can only rise by lifting one another. And I'm exactly. a true believer of that. I'm a true advocate of that. So, you know, any opportunity that I can have to help others out in the community, whether it's making connections for them and connecting them with other people in the industry, whether it's giving them uh, industry advice, whether it's helping them build their business or, you know, um, doing introductions or helping them with their brand. I'm always here to help in any way that I can. So I, it's ongoing for me, yeah, to be honest with you. That's amazing. And so how can people get in touch with you if they wanted to reach out at some point? So the, you can reach out to me on my Instagram. It's um, Claudia with a K. So it's Claudia's Fashion Fix. I also have a secondary page, which is um, a portfolio of all of my styling work, and that's called The Styling Pro. So it's at The Styling Pro. But either one, you can reach out to me there and just direct message me, and I am more than happy to be able to respond. I'm, I usually respond within a day. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Claudia, for speaking you, with Brody. me on, on our podcast and um, for sharing all of your amazing insights during Startup Fashion Week. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you um, it's great to connect with you. Yeah, I wish that, thank you know, you. obviously we could have this conversation in person, but I'm sure you there know. will come a time where we can do that. Um, for sure. But for now, it's great that you're sharing all of this information with our listeners. Um, so thank you to, to you, Claudia, for, for doing this and giving us well, your time. Thank you, Jody. Yeah. Thank you for everything that you do. You're phenomenal. And honestly, it's, I always feel like it's such a blessing when you meet such incredible people like yourself who've really, you know, you've got your, your teaching background, but man, what you do for the industry has been incredible. And to see it grow and also develop across Canada is phenomenal. I don't know how you sleep. Because well, I don't know where you. you find the time to sleep at all. <laughs> thank but you honestly, for recognizing. You. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, tremendous it definitely is tough. <laughs> yeah, well, keep doing what you're doing because people realize that and they appreciate it. And, um, you know, you've really made an impact to the industry. So congratulations on that as well. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to the Front Row podcast during our seventh annual Startup Fashion Week in Toronto. Feel free to email me for any topic or speaker suggestions for future episodes info at startupfashionweek.com and don't forget to buy tickets for all the amazing events happening this week 